So what's up, Betamaxers? Welcome to Celluloid Fever Dreams, episode 41. As always, I'm your host, the late, the great, the overweight, Wyndham Jennings. This week, our film is The Man with the Screaming Brain from 2005. Uh, written, directed, and starring the geek god himself, Bruce Campbell. Uh, as always, we start with our two-second synopsis. Wacky, low-budget, campy things happen. Uh, for a longer synopsis, the... Uh, plot is an American businessman and a Russian cab driver have their brains fused together into one body by a mad scientist. There's there's actually more to it than that. I guess the, the full synopsis would be an American businessman travels to Russia to complete the uh, subway system over there. Uh, he hires a taxi driver to chauffeur him and his wife around to their appointments and to shopping, etc. Uh, the cab driver has an affair with the, the wife, the uh, marriage is on the rocks and they're constantly sniping each other. The uh, cab driver also has a very jealous uh, ex-fiance and when she sees Bruce Campbell with the ring after he buys it from the cab driver, she murders him. Uh, she then murders the cab driver and a convenient uh, mad scientist who's working on a uh, process that would allow two brains to exist in the same body uh, manages to get the two of them uh, and bring them back to life in uh, Bruce Campbell's body. Uh, if that's not enough, Bruce Campbell's wife's also murdered uh, by the vengeful ex, and she has her brain put into a robot body, which she then goes on a rampage trying to avenge her death and her husband's death. Uh, wacky hijinks ensue, I guess. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. This is one of those movies I call an all-in film in that you know you either are grabbed immediately and go along with it through the end or you don't and honestly this one I, it just didn't grab me I, I remember seeing it when it first came out uh, I actually want to say sci-fi channel ran it uh, and I enjoyed it I mean it, it is it's campy fun it is low budget uh, it's Bruce Campbell it's got a lot of things going for it uh, watching it again uh, for the podcast it just didn't grab me like it did before. And I think there's several reasons for that. I'm not, not going to sit there and say it's a bad movie uh, because, because I've seen bad movies. And I just, I don't, I, something in this viewing just didn't connect with me the way that it did the first time that I saw it. Yeah, the, the general premise and the plot of it is pretty interesting. It's uh, something that's been explored in other films going all the way back, well, off the top of my head, the earliest one I can think of is the uh, Rosie Greer uh, 1972 comedy, The Thing with Two Heads. But, uh, you know, you can add uh, the Steve Martin, Lily Tomlin film, All of Me, to the list as her soul gets put into his body and they have to share his body. Uh, you could include the uh, Bob Hoskins and Denzel Washington film, Heart Condition, you know, where uh, Denzel Washington's heart winds up in Bob Hoskins' body uh, and they have to work together. I think to solve Denzel's murder. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, and now I want to go back and watch it, and make sure I'm getting it right. Uh, but like I said, the plot synopsis, I really like it. It's interesting. Um, you know, the idea of, of uh, each, the idea of Bruce Campbell's character and the uh, taxi driver, you know, having to share a body and and parts of each person's brain stuck in one skull. Uh, it, it's perfect low budget B movie fodder, and it you know seems right up Campbell's alley. Uh, and he, he does do a lot of physical shtick once he gets into that situation where he's sharing his body with the uh, taxi driver. 
Um, it, including a scene where he's at a restaurant at the most pitiful salad bar I have ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, watching him argue with himself and and uh, take top, you know, take uh, different things off his plate and put different things on, as each of them have a different idea of what should go on a salad. Like it, it, it's all there, but it's like something. I don't know. This time to me, it's like something doesn't gel completely. Uh, and you know, this is the first movie I've seen in a while where I didn't really find myself you know, paying attention a lot. I, I don't I don't know. I just I, I just couldn't get into the film. I know I've said that, but uh, but it's the truth. And it's probably going to be a shorter episode because it wasn't going to be one of my 45-minute rants or anything. The movie is just, uh, like I said, it's not bad. I'm not going to sit here and compare it to something like God Monster of Indian Flats. I went in um, expecting low-budget, expecting you know campy humor, uh, expecting some over-the-top um, reactions, etc., I mean, it, it was even turned into a comic book at one point by uh, Dark Horse Comics, a four-issue uh, miniseries. So I, I guess I could say I got what I expected, but I didn't really get what I wanted out of it, I guess would be the best way to put it. And, and there wasn't a whole lot I could find online about the movie and about the production. I mean, most of it uh, was in IMDb and uh, Wikipedia. You know, my Google foo for finding out facts about the film wasn't all that good. Uh, from what I was able to find out, the film was pretty much in development hell for almost 20 years. I think uh, Campbell has said that he first had the idea for the film back in the mid-80s, and it didn't get made until uh, 2005. And it was produced by and funded by the Sci-Fi Channel. So I think that's part of what the uh, disconnect is, because it premiered in a couple of theaters uh, it, he took it with him on his book tour and, and uh, when it was released. And I think it played in a few theaters and stops he made across the country. But it never really made money. And in fact, I think the widest audience it got was when it premiered on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel. You know, so there's several effects and shots and scenes where I'm not entirely sure if uh, it's supposed to be you know, look cheap and bad because it's supposed to be that way, that it is a B-movie and they're sort of playing up the campiness of it. Or if it's looks that way because it's a sci-fi channel movie and they didn't really put a lot of money to it. You know, which isn't to say it couldn't work. I mean, there's plenty of low-budget movies out there, movies with bad special special effects. Uh, you know, they still pull you. I mean, Lost Skeleton of Cadavera, uh, Trail of the Screaming Forehead, which is uh, you know another uh, like rip-off, low-budget, uh, homage, B-movie. But... I don't, I don't know. Like I said, there was something... It may even just be the mood I was in the night I watched it or since, but this movie just didn't really leave a strong impression on me. Uh, in fact, the film didn't... Yeah, I've already mentioned the film didn't play a lot in theaters, but didn't really make a lot of money uh, either in home video sales or uh, at the theaters. In fact, uh, Bruce Campbell himself has said that he bought a ton of uh, VHS copies just in bulk, just unsold copies and they made up the insulation for a house that he was building. Uh, you know, but since a movie came out in 2005, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe VHS wasn't the best thing to put it out on. Uh, maybe you should have tried DVD a little, or I don't know. I'm not second-guessing it. Campbell stars as William Cole, a U.S. businessman who owns a, a pharmaceutical company, 
and he goes to Russia in order to, like I said, invest in the subway system, which was started under the old communist government but never completed. Uh, yeah, Campbell is, of course, the king of the B-movie, starring in the Evil Dead series, the uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead ser- uh, television series on Stars, I believe it was. Uh, Bubba Hotep, he had small roles in the Spider-Man films with Tobey Maguire. He was in... Uh, Several Sam Raimi movies he's played over the years, small roles here and there. Uh, Briscoe County Jr. TV series he had in the early 90s. He's uh, he's done so many roles and so many different things. I almost guaranteed you've seen him in something uh, and recognized the voice and that chin. Uh, Campbell made, yeah, like I said, Campbell said it, it took him 19 years to get from idea uh, to the film actually getting made. And honestly, I think part of it, uh, part of the film's charm or think in my case part of the the reason i had trouble getting into it is it has a very 80s b-movie feel to it um much like man with the man with two brains which we talked about a few episodes ago it's just relentless and it's silly gags and jokes it's just you know one after the other after the other so it's kind of got the pacing of an 80s comedy film and i think that's part of, i mean it's weird to say that considering how much uh, I love comedies from the well, films in general, especially comedies from the 80s, how much that worked for uh, The Man with Two Brains. But I don't know, for some reason here, and it might be the direction, it might be the uh, the way it the, the, uh, shots, the cinematography or something. I know if, here it just didn't hit the same. And I don't know if that might be, it's weird to say this, but I think part of the problem might be there are things they couldn't do because it was supposed to premiere on sci-fi. You know, I feel like maybe if the film had done a theatrical run or just straight to uh, VHS or, or DVD and they had a little more leeway, uh, I feel like some of the jokes could have hit better. Uh, much like um, The Blue Iguana, I feel like the film, there's there's like a, a better film somewhere out there of this. You know, it, it's like it gets so close in so many different areas that it just doesn't hit it doesn't you know doesn't uh, make it all the way around the bases it doesn't hit the the uh, final shot and win it all it's like the elements are there but i don't know is there some some little spark or something that's uh missing from the film uh this was actually campbell's feature film uh, directorial debut he'd done some television shows including uh, episodes of Hercules and Xena, the uh, Pamela Anderson TV show VIP, uh, also the feature film My Name is Bruce. Uh, his wife, uh, Jackie, in the film was played by Antoinette Bryan, uh, Antoinette Byron. Sorry to say Brian, but no, it's Antoinette Byron, who's done a, a ton of TV work. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle, um, uh, Jake and the Fat Man, All My Children, uh, Home and Away. Uh, she only has done one acting job since this film. In fact, uh, her last acting job was in uh, American Black Beauty, which came out in 2005 as well. And uh, from what I, I found out, unless she's doing theater, she hadn't done any movies. Uh, all of her, her credits on Letterboxd and uh, IMDb kind of end with American Black Beauty in 2005. So uh, up until he's murdered, the two of them... Uh, spend the entire movie, every scene together, just sort of sniping at each other and putting each other down, uh, you know, just saying horrible things to each other. I think that's part of the disconnect for me too. Is that the whole the whole dynamic of their relationship just sort of smacks of you know like '60s and '70s uh, type marriages, 
you know, kind of thing that I think even 2005, you really didn't see a whole lot of just the, the way that they're uh, talking to each other. It's like, you know, why are they still married if this is the way they feel about each other? Uh, and, and even the insults don't really seem to hit. And I don't know if that's, again, something from the sci-fi channel side of it or uh, if that was something that's just you know already in the script and they maybe need another pass or two. But, you know, the whole relationship, I don't really, I, I don't know. You know, it, in like the first 30 minutes of the film, they go from hating each other to her being broken up that he's going to die to her being so angry that he was killed, she tracks down the woman who did it and gets killed herself trying to avenge her dead husband who she hasn't loved in years. So, like, the pacing and, like, the whiplash-inducing mood swings that she goes through, it, it kind of just felt weird and forced. And then, even then, when she gets into the robot body and decides to uh, track down the uh, woman and get her revenge in her new, you know, indestructible robot form, it, I don't know. I, I just, part of me just didn't buy it. And I don't know if that was the actress or if that was the script. Or, or what? Uh, our murderous femme fatale is played by uh, Tamara Gorski, and the character is Tatoya. And uh, she's been in a, a ton of stuff. She's been in the Nicole, Phil, Nicole Kidman film To Die For, uh, Murder at 1600, The Next Three Days, uh, made TV appearances on Angel, on uh, Hercules, uh, Witchblade. Oh, yeah, Bruce Campbell's on Hercules as well. I'd almost forgotten about that. And Xena played like the world's greatest thief and i'm not even bothering looking up the name of it i mean uh but totally murderous rampage much like uh, jackie's uh, sudden rampage to have injured dead husband is another thing it isn't really given a lot of thought i mean the minute she sees the uh, bruce campbell with the ring who he bought off the taxi driver because he wanted to buy something uh, to give to his wife uh, she just decides well first off she steals it and then when he comes to get it back from her Instead of her, you know, explaining that, you know, hey, this was supposed to be my engagement ring, the taxi driver was supposed to marry me, and, and he kept the ring, and seeing you with it made me upset, and that's why I took, you know, instead of doing any of that, she just waits for him to turn his back and just beans him in the head with a pipe. Uh, now, her stabbing the taxi driver, you know, that has motivation, because, you know, she he broke her heart. Uh, it turned out that he was just a KGB agent who had been implanted into, uh, okay, okay, here's another thing, the movie... Uh, describes her and and the uh, all the people that is in her neighborhood as gypsies, which I know is not a word that we're supposed to to use to describe. Uh, is it Romany people? It's one of those words I always see written out, and I haven't really heard a whole lot of people say it. So I'm going to say uh, Romani. Uh, but yeah, they call her a uh, gypsy and call the part of, part of the the city that she lives in uh, Gypsy Town. And, and, you know, that's the thing, uh, too, for a movie that's so cheaply made, and obviously cheaply made, it was actually filmed in Bulgaria. Uh, and it's not because they were looking for, like, authenticity and, and you know, wanted the um, brutalist architecture and the, um, you know, the cars that don't really look like anything you see on American roads, etc. No, it was because they were, the story was originally set in L.A. Uh, Campbell's script was originally set in L.A., he actually toured some places to, uh, you know, you know, get ideas for shots and stories and, and uh, talk to some people about your know, production. Uh, but then it turned out that it was actually cheaper to fly everybody to Bulgaria and make the movie than it was to keep everybody in L.A. and film it there. 
you know, and you know, and at first that sounds like really kind of crazy, but then it, it seems like uh, there are several movies from the early uh, 2000s that uh, did that, filmed in places like Czechoslovakia or uh, Hungary or you know places, uh, you know, especially in Eastern Europe, because they figured out that it was actually really cheap to just fly everybody over there and and uh, use locals uh, behind the scenes, etc., in order to to make these films. So. Yeah, part of me, part of me is thinking, okay, that sounds unusual, but you know, at the time, I believe it, w- it was actually a trend to go into a lot of these countries and do that. Which, meant, you know, since the story was set in L.A. and then they transferred it to Bulgaria, of course, that meant you know, Campbell had to go back and rewrite huge sections of the script. So that may be part of uh, why I'm sitting here thinking it's close, but it doesn't quite hit, um, you know, the way a lot of his films do or films that star him even some of the ones that he's written is, is you know, maybe that's part of the problem is he had to change so much of the script to go with the new setting. But uh, yeah, Tatoya is, Tatoya is a psycho. Like I said, she, she, uh, you know, caves in, uh, uh, Bruce Campbell's head for no reason. Uh, she stabs and kills her boyfriend, just walks off calmly. Her ex, ex, uh, fiance, uh, kills Campbell's wife who shows up to avenge his death. And yeah, she just goes on this rampage and you know, every time somebody tries to to come after her, like Campbell, in in one of the goofiest makeups, I mean, it fits. But when he comes back, he's got like this huge uh, set of stitches across his forehead and up through the middle, and the prosthetic is so oversized, it, it's easy to believe that you know you've put together put together the brains from two different people uh, into one skull. It's just uh, hilarious and ridiculous, and he spends a lot of the movie wearing a hat. Uh, in order to help cover up the scars so people don't, well, the stitches so that people don't uh, stare at him when he goes out. Uh, but like I said, Tatoya is just evil. And for some reason, like halfway through the movie, she starts wearing her wedding dress and the ring. You know, and, and that leads to some really bizarre scenes, especially when she's fighting uh, Campbell in the in the uh, sewers. In order, and he's just trying to get the ring back, and then, of course he throws her in, uh, and she drowns in the sewer. Spoiler, I guess at this point I don't care. I'm spoiling the film. Uh, the mad scientist who does all of this, including putting uh, the wife's brain in a robot body, is uh, Dr. Ivan Ivanovich Ivanov, uh, played by Stacy Keach. Uh, Keach has been acting since the 60s. He, he's another one character actor you've definitely seen in something. Uh, I think most recently he's been in the um, television show... Uh, Man with a Plan with uh, Matt LeBlanc, but he's been in things like uh, Blue Bloods. Uh, he did a couple of Cheech and Chong movies like Up in Smoke and Nice Dreams. Uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis, he was in uh, Road Games. Uh, the film Night is a Lonely Hunter. Uh, I think it was actually his first role as well. Uh, oh, the Mike Hammer TV series from the 80s, which is the first thing I really remember seeing him in because for some reason uh, I genuinely enjoyed that show. Uh, his Igor is played by Ted Raimi, who has appeared in, uh, I think, everything that Sam Raimi has ever ever uh, produced, every film, every TV show. Uh, Joxer from Hercules and Xena was uh, probably the role probably the role that uh, most people would know him for. Uh, he's also had ta- uh, yeah, also had roles in Attack of the 50-Foot Cheerleader, uh, The Grudge, uh, Stuart Saves His Family, uh, and Clear and Present Danger. Uh, his Pavel is an American rap-loving, um, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, that's basically his his whole shtick is he's enamored with the West and tries to pass himself off as like a, a hip hop guru, uh, you know, scratching records and and uh, trying to rap in English in his bad accent. Uh, and he is a very wily coyote type of character. He's trying to track down. Uh, of course, Bruce Campbell's character is trying to track down uh, the robot with the wife's body in it, wife's brain in it, sorry, uh, and trying to get him back to the doctor because both of them are running on limited time. The robot has a battery that's uh, slowly running down, but she does manage to uh, recharge it in, in a couple of scenes. And it comes to find out that the uh, good doctor's technique uh, only works temporarily. The brain's will eventually uh, die off because they're not supposed to be in the same you know head together so he's racing against time in order to try and uh, figure out how to keep them alive uh, and keep them uh, you know perfect the procedure basically uh, before before Bruce Campbell and the uh, the other guy die again uh, as much as I like Ted Ramey and I do think he's a, a decent actor I think especially com- uh, comedy wise He's someone that can go toe-to-toe with Bruce Campbell when it comes to physical uh, shtick. But I think in this movie, I don't know, I think he oversells some of it. Uh, and I know it's a B-movie. I know that they're sort of sending up those kind of films. But I, I do think I do think he could have been reined in a little better. Just some of the things that he does and says and some of his actions, I think it's just... Yeah, yeah, part of it might be because Bruce Campbell is directing. I mean, they've known each other for years and years and years. So it might just be a, a case of, well, you know, you and me find this funny, so everybody will find this funny. And yeah, now nah, with your friends, sometimes there's just jokes that other people don't get. Uh, yeah, but eventually, story-wise, uh, everything does come to a head. Hee-hee. Uh, <laughs> in that uh, uh, Tatoya is killed. Um, Jackie, uh, even though her body runs down and is uh, severely damaged, uh, she manages to live. Um, both Campbell and the cab driver in his head are saved as uh, Dr. Ivanovich figures out a way to uh, perfect his procedure so the two halves of the brains that are, brain that's stuck in, in together uh, can live together and not wind up rejecting and killing each other. And uh, we flash forward six months after um, after everybody blacks out and you think that they're dead to find out that uh, uh, Campbell's forehead has shrunk down to a normal size and he just has very faint scars across his forehead to even show that the procedure happened in the first place. And then we uh, get to find out that they found a new body for his uh, wife, Jack, uh, yeah, for Jackie, his wife. Uh, her brain has now been put into Totoya's body. Um, which I thought was, I mean, I get it, it's, it's a nice sort of uh, roundabout thing, but at the same time, it's a weird choice. I mean, yeah, you, you and your wife have rekindled your marriage, and uh, you're happier than you ever been because she's in another woman's body, uh, the body of a woman that actually killed you and killed the other guy that lives in your head as well. So, I don't, like I said, kind of a weird ending. Um and you know what? That's the movie. I mean, honestly, I'm like I said, this is gonna be a shorter episode. Uh, we'll come back next week with something I can probably dive a little deeper into, be into a little bit more. Like I said, this this one just didn't really do a whole lot for me. But it, we have reached the point where we have to ask the most important question you can ask of anything: uh, Was it entertaining? 
Um, for me, it really wasn't. I mean, there were a few moments, but maybe I don't know. Part of me wants to go back because uh, I've you know I've had a few stressful weeks at work and whatnot. Uh, maybe go back in a few months and reevaluate it, but uh, at this time, it's not something I really want to see again. Uh, I've seen it when it first came out. I've seen it uh, just you know watched it for the uh, podcast a couple of days ago, and yeah, I'm I, I'm not going to sit here and say it is a bad movie. Uh, like I said back at the beginning, to me, it's one you're either either going to when you see the the poster of it. You're going to be all in and ride it through to the end, uh, or you're not. It's not going to grab you. And for me, it didn't grab me. So if you're in the right mood, it can be an entertaining film. For me, not so much. So that's going to wrap it up this week. Uh, As always, if you liked what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell an enemy. Uh, Either way, go back to especially Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a five-star review. You don't have to be honest in it. Nobody's going to double-check it. All it's going to do is going to help the uh, algorithm pick me up and help me find more listeners. Uh, If you want to keep up with me, you can follow me on Letterboxd, uh, where this film only had 2,000 people logged in who will admit that they've seen it. Uh, I'm Wyndham Jennings over there, W-Y-N-D-H-A-M, Jennings. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at... uh, Sea Fever Dreams. You can follow me on uh, Instagram or on a uh, TikTok at Celluloid Fever Dreams. Uh, we'll be back next week with a campy B movie uh, comedy that I feel is uh, done right, and this one could have been, I think, if, if handled a little bit differently. We're going back to the '90s. We're going to do one of my favorite Brandon, Brendan Fraser films, uh, not The Mummy. No, we are going to do the. Uh, Disney live-action version of one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. Of course, we're talking George of the Jungle. So until next week, uh, you can choose to be a lot of things in life. Kind is one of the better ones. Take care of yourself, uh, and I'll be looking forward to seeing you again next week. I always got the seat saved saved for you. Uh, but until then, uh, well, good night, Betamaxers. <laughs>